You actually sound fine. Every time you're like, I feel a bit hoarse. I'm like, no, nah, you sound a good. <laughs> a bit hoarse. You know that Seize like. the name. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I, Lodge. <laughs> My partner, my boyfriend Torbs, we've been together for like almost 10 years. Like whenever I'm like having a mentee B about something or ranting and raving about something that happened at the shops or at work, whatever, he says, are we feelings or solutions based right now? Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. We are back from our little break with an absolute bang and a guest I've wanted to chat with for such a long time and hopefully a guest you guys have wanted to hear from for a long time. Thank you so much for your patience while we all adventured around the world, by the way. I hope you enjoyed our re-releases to keep you going. There were actually quite a few of you who hadn't heard those episodes, so I hope you guys enjoyed them and I know you will enjoy this week's guest even more. I'm talking, of course, about the woman, the legend, Tony Lodge, who you have probably already heard from on her own amazing show, the Tony and Ryan podcast, otherwise known as TARP, one of Australia's top performing shows. And for very good reason, they are absolutely hilarious. Tony has also just released her first brilliant book, I Don't Need Therapy and Other Lies I've Told Myself, for which I was so honoured to give a cover quote after absolutely eating up my advanced copy a couple of months ago. Of course, it is now actually out in the open and I cannot recommend it highly enough. The link to buy your copy is, of course, in the show notes for you. I won't reveal too much because we cover so much in this chat and I just adored getting to know this amazing woman better. We had this beautiful online relationship going on, but I feel like we're now real life best friends. Tony is one of those amazing examples of someone who you could easily assume was born into the position she's in now because she's just so perfectly suited to it. And as you'll hear in the book, since she was a child, she believed she was going to be famous, but that's definitely not how it started for her. And I loved exploring all of the juicy stuff in between. You'll be able to tell immediately how much fun we had during this one. I haven't laughed so hard in such a long time. I hope it's as much of a joy to your ears as it was to mine the first time around. <laughs> oh, leave that laughing. Yeah, <laughs> That's definitely going to be yeah, the opener. That awful. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing Tony Lodge. I think people heard that laugh and went, oh, I've I know heard who that, that is. laugh. I've heard that horrible laugh before. <laughs> that signature iconic laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, welcome to Seize the A. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so oh excited. God, I'm so we've been already talking for like 20 minutes, literally naked on a couch pretty much. We are. Just yeah. getting real yeah. up close and personal. And I was going to oil you up shortly as yeah. well. Unfortunately, <laughs> wet wipes ready to clean up. <laughs> Unfortunately, as it is audio only, you can't see the proof, so you don't know whether we did or actually didn't do that. Oh <laughs> it's already bringing me so much joy. Oh. We've been trying to make this happen for so long. Yeah. And I'm so glad we made it. I do you sound too. like a man. I'm really sorry, yeah. but I was not waiting another day. You actually sound fine. Every time you're like, I feel a bit hoarse. I'm like, no, nah, you sound a good. Ho- a bit hoarse. You know that. Seize like- the name. <laughs> Don't I, Lodge? 
Sarah Navidson. <laughs> I do call us the Yavidsons. Oh. But Navidson at the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you're too good. You're too good. I've actually been really so excited, but also stressed because I have so much material <laughs> that I want to cover. And sometimes when I've read someone's book, obviously you have a brand new book, which we are so excited about. I don't need therapy, which is right here for Thank people you. who are looking at the video. We're going to cover it, of course. But sometimes when I've read the book, I'm like, okay, how do I do this episode without just reading the whole book? Yeah. Because I want to like, tell you everything about Tony. <laughs> or being like, oh, cool. So what about this? I'm like, well, you said you read the book. Yeah. So, so like, you know what the else answer, is there? Bitch. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I feel like every time I talk to someone, I'm like, do you already, did you, do you know that? Yeah, and did then, you read it? And because when your book came out, but it was exactly the same, you can tell who's read it and who hasn't. A hundred percent. They're like, oh no, no, no. But for people who haven't read it, I'm like, including you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you obviously <laughs> haven't read it. Like you, you and just you, took you, the cellophane <laughs> from the PR the package cellophane. up. Yeah. Barely. Not even. That's on the back. <laughs> You can see through it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Well, we will get there. But for those who listen to the show, I always start by asking everyone what the most down to earth thing is about them as a bit of an icebreaker because you are actually very, very famous. And I've had at least, at least 10 people who know us separately who have said to say hello to you today who was so excited really? Ray Sarah messaged me this morning oh, I messaged her and I was like, like I'm on Sarah's podcast oh my god she was so excited last night my hairdresser who just did my hair yes, said she's yes. a super fan and I said oh I'll tell her and she said no she's I've already told her that yeah. I'm a super fan yeah so one of the girls who used to work for her was like oh I'm my new boss Is like can, yeah and I was Some like oh cute so I sent her a video because I was like you know maybe you'll get a pay rise or something <laughs> Like, if you tell your new... Yeah, you know, like, oh, my new boss, like, just a, like, subtle flex, I know this person. And I was like... (laughs) Oh, my God, you're the best. Well, since you are actually quite famous now, I usually start with a bit of an icebreaker, but I feel like since your most recent video was about how far up your butthole you use soap, (laughs) and one of my favourite chapters, the second last chapter of your book, is about you shitting in the street, which Mm -hmm. I closely resonate with because I've had many a nearly shit in the street story. I think everybody does. (laughs) And everyone has. Mm. People don't speak about this enough. They don't. And because everybody that's been like, oh, read the last chapter in your book, God, hasn't that happened to everyone? (laughs) I'm like, yes. Turns out it has. Yes. Turns out it has. Um, It's an equaliser. It is. It's the great leveller of people. (laughs) I mean, I got to the point, I knew it was serious when it was no longer, am I going to shit my pants? But it was, do I shit in the leggings or outside of the leggings? Like, which is easier. So you didn't actually do it? Because a St. John's ambulance guy (laughs) walked past at at the, like, the pivotal, like, I decided I was going to do it outside of the leggings, but behind the forklift was... I'll tell you the story another day, but it was concrete. It involves concrete, no bushes, no like mid-metropolitan Melbourne, right. post a running event, yeah. only concrete. There's a lot of running stories. It, well, yeah, because yeah. I just... Do you know how many people have shit themselves at the tan? Like it was around the tan. Yeah, of course it was. And the portal, yeah, it was a whole thing. I get it. But once you've crossed over into is it like it's not if, it's a... It's like when is this going to happen? And where. Yeah. Like what logistically is going to be easier to clean up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's when I was like, I knew. Yeah, this is business time. (laughs) This is business time. Anyway, I'm digressing so much. So because you're already so in all the content and, I mean, all of Australia already follows you and loves you, so most people know what's so down to earth about you, I thought we'd do like a bit of a different... 
a start with some fast fires. Oh, love that. That are just kind of fun. And I'm not very good at fast fires because I like give a really long. Oh, me too. I wrote a book. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, chapter one is my answer. <laughs> um, but I thought that would be a little bit more fun yeah. and different. So it's very easy to self-deprecate. And I think that makes people really relatable. And, and I love self-deprecation. I think it's like a beautiful form of humour, but also it just comes so easily. But it's much harder to say what you love about yourself. So my first question to you, because I knew making you self-deprecate would not make you uncomfortable. No. But making mm. you say something you love about yourself would. So what's something you love about yourself? Oh, that's really tough. <clears throat> yeah, I should have given you notice, but I didn't. Yeah, wow. No, that's okay. Uh, live brainstorm. Um, or something. Or <laughs> Let's something do a mind I'm, map. <laughs> something I love about myself. Um, I really love that I don't get complacent easily. I feel like I'm always like when I – and um, this actually might not be a good thing about myself, but I feel like as soon as I kind of get comfortable, I'm like, okay, how can I switch things up up or how can I – I think I really like that about myself that I – I'm constantly, but also maybe that's no, not that's a, good a good thing. No, is I think a good it is thing? a good thing. I think it can, anything can be a bad thing if you overdo it. True. But it's a good trait that you never just sit in your comfort. Like this show is all about step out of the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. If you do the, what is it? If you always do the same thing you've always done, you'll always get the same results you've always yeah. got kind of thing. Yeah, to get something you've never get gotten, you have to do something <laughs> you've never done, that thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that about myself every day. That, so yeah, I know. that one. And we did the opposite <laughs> ones as well. <laughs> I like did not have to re-say it. You'd already said it. Um, I'd already not said it. (laughs) Yeah, and then I didn't say it as well. And then you didn't say it. Yeah, amazing. (laughs) But I think I've probably learnt that in only the last couple of years because I think I was like, okay, I'm 25. I'm like in this job where I'll probably be here forever. And then I was like, okay. And I was like, that's life. It Like, that's it. Like, this is where, this is what I'll do until I retire. And then I was like, okay, we can't do that. And then since then, I've like forced myself out of my comfort zone so much. And now it's something that I love about myself that I did it, even though I was like, I could have very easily stayed comfy. Yeah. And then I didn't do that. But your background's kind of similar though, because you like had this like bougie high power (laughs) job, (laughs) you know, like not, not easy, but like. Solid, yeah. familiar as well. Yeah, like, yeah. And definitely you, could have ridden that for decades. Yeah, <laughs> but also when people like ask you what you do for work, and you say something like lawyer or something like work at the radio station or whatever, mm. people like know what that is. And then when you try and explain <laughs> being a podcaster or you know anything a like content that, creator, yeah, like people are like so you know yeah and that's really scary as well because you're like my job exists I promise yeah yeah it's yeah. a real life thing I yeah. get paid money yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm not on OnlyFans I swear <laughs> only my feet are yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a really nice thing to like about yourself because it does mean and we'll get into this in the first section which is how you got to where you are it does mean that you have worked your way up from you know Bunbury local radio to now like one of the most successful shows in Australia which is incredible and are still going you're just getting started but I also want to know what's one of the things that you beat yourself up about the most um oh that's another tough one I know I really really got straight on blast (laughs) my god I hope this podcast gets easier (laughs) as it goes through um something I beat myself up about I probably Actually, probably the fl- is it, am I allowed to say this? The flip of what I just said. Yeah, I hate that I let my feet get itchy because I'm like, okay, well, I've got to be leveling up. I've always got to be doing something new. It's like such a hard balance. It's like something I really love about myself that I'm always 
trying to get better. Yeah. But it's also like I never just enjoy anything. I'm like, cool, that's done. What's next? Yes. Um, and I'm definitely oh, everyone's just gonna think I'm such a fence sitter. But I feel like, <laughs> that, but I I think that that's really something that I really struggle with. Yeah. Um, I'm exactly the same. And I think I listened to the podcast you did with um. Mamma Mia about like, are you happy right now? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, and that's the point of CZA is that we're measuring one part of our lives by success and progress and like not always being in the comfort zone and leveling up all the time and hustling, but then like happiness and enjoying where you are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get like to the destination that you've always wanted to get to and you're like, it's not that great because yeah. I missed the entire thing. Yeah. Because I was just like working so hard and like, I know that we're not allowed to say this anymore, but like that grind mindset of yeah. like, rise and grind like always hustling like work 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 and now it's like oh I actually put my phone on do not disturb sometimes yeah and I just enjoy myself yeah and I just play blocku doku on my phone which (laughs) is a great game if anyone's looking for a shit game to play (laughs) (laughs) they're the things I love about you so much the book is so full of rando shit like that that just makes me like I love this woman even more than I thought I did (laughs) okay coolest thing you've done this year Oh, coolest thing I've done this year. In the meteoric rise of Tony Lodge, <laughs> what is the cool, like the coolest place or opportunity you've ended up with oh. that you had no idea you'd ever, like little Tony would have been like, whoa. So. Not that she sounded like that. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> she did actually. That's a sound bite we organised earlier. Can we play that again? No. Um, Real footage. <laughs> um, I... At the moment on the Tony Ryan podcast, which is my like main job, yeah. um, we are building, like making my dreams come true because as a kid, I always wanted to be in the Qantas ad. Oh my God. Yeah. I really wanted to be in the girls choir. And my mum told me that girls from WA weren't allowed to be in the choir. Um, yeah. And you're working on being... The singer and, in a Qantas ad. Well, yeah. Shut so we um we have actually gone all around Australia and filmed me singing <laughs> the song. Um, and that I'm not sure when this podcast will come out, but that video is in the works at the moment, or maybe has Stop just come it. out or something. Yeah. So we went to Sydney and I sang "I Still Call Australia Home" at the Opera House <laughs> with like 300 of our podcast listeners behind me, all wearing the same outfit as me. They came down on a Saturday morning, we filmed it, and then we fucked off before the security guards came. <laughs> that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So I thought you were going to say by AI, it was like lots and lots of no. different Tonys. No. Okay. Cool. No, it's like all these like tarpets. <laughs> People who listen to our podcast. Oh yeah. Gosh. And I went to Alice Springs. We went down the Great Ocean Road. Like everything. You've yeah. done the full thing. Yes. Yeah. But I love how it's like, no, it's not with Qantas. We just did no, it by ourselves. We did it by ourselves. <laughs> and we're hoping that Qantas on the back end. Hello, Qantas. <laughs> I'm interested in, yeah, but we just paid to go on Qantas flights. Oh, to yeah, get good. To all these Forward thinking. Well done. Yeah. Marketing brain. I yeah. love it. And so we're like, well, we want to do it anyway. So we just did it and hopefully they don't, you know, take the video down for copyright or whatever. But yeah. Wait. Yeah. So I can't wait for people to see it because the video is amazing. Oh, I can't even imagine. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And so I never, ever thought that I would get to do that. 
Oh my God. And we just like made that happen ourselves instead of waiting for someone to be like, oh, do you want to do this thing? We were just like, fuck it, let's, let's do just it. Let's do it. Yeah. I think that's the thing I love the most about podcasts and like built, having a community that kind of tolerates how weird you are. Yes. You just decide to do something and just do it. Yeah. You're like, you know what, tomorrow, yeah, let's film this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Not only do they kind of tolerate how weird we are, they like embrace yeah. it and encourage it. Like they, people who listen to our podcast like are the best and they yeah. just love the podcast so much and they turn up to things like watching us sing at the opera house yeah. and like it's crazy I'll be I've, garbos for a day yes yes I've, I've just got I've, thousands of friends around the world that are like my worst like enablers yeah <laughs> I've 100% gotten weirder like it's oh. brought out the weird they're facilitators yes 100%. they are they're enabling me to just be <laughs> a cooked bitch <laughs> basically <laughs> my answer so the other thing that comes with a big community and amazing opportunities is that you get the cool side and then you get some really weird shit in your DMs. So what's the weirdest DM or like request from a fan or just weird thing that's happened to you since being famous? Um, we get heaps of requests for us to go to weddings. Heaps. Have you done one? No. Are we going to be really Oh, but the precedent. You can't well, open the a, floodgates. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. is that like you go, oh, it'd be great to go to one, but you can't go to every wedding. True. Um, you could. <laughs> that's a full-time job. <laughs> the amount that we get invited to, that's a full-time job. But um, yeah, we get invited to heaps of weddings and like 21st and stuff like that. Oh my God, um, that's amazing. Yeah, which is really lovely because it kind of makes me feel like people consider us friends. Yeah. Like they're like, I listen to the pod and we're mates. I'm like, yeah, we are, yeah. but I'm not coming to your birthday. <laughs> Thanks, though. Yeah. yeah, cheers, though. Yeah. Really cute. Have a great night. <laughs> so nice. Have you gotten any really weird stuff? I have generally got the loveliest audience. Like, I, I think the great measure of it was when we did anonymous Q&As. Yeah. And, like, when people oh. don't have to put their name to stuff, you expect them to really go to – like, you think yeah. I'm opening up a can of worms. Yeah. And everyone was just lovely, like, polite, wholesome – really measured questions but the only one weird thing I've got is a request for my shoes which I was like oh cute like as in to resell on Depop or or like where did you buy them from because yeah. I'd like to buy my own yeah pair. or like yeah. if you sell your clothes secondhand that you've worn in one shoot or something you yeah. know where do you sell them yeah. and I was like oh like which shoes and they're like your smelliest shoes that you've got and I was like yeah. how much for yeah <laughs> yeah well before I say no <laughs> name your price like give me some more info (laughs) Uh, we're really lucky too like everybody that listens is really kind like we get very rarely do we get nasty messages and the same in my personal dms but like i've seen some horrible stuff that people (gasps) receive i don't i don't think i could deal with that no me either Mm. and i I feel like i (laughs) when i talk about self-doubt and push through the you know just just stop worrying about what the haters think it's easy to say when you don't really have any (laughs) but like if that was what i was getting every day i don't know how some people do it oh i I, it's really sometimes when a video goes and oh you'd be exactly the same like if a video goes a bit crazy Crazy, then you go I'll read the comments for the first two days yeah. and then I won't yeah, yeah so yeah. you know there might be some really nasty <laughs> shit in there but for the most part like unless a video goes like crazy it's yeah. pretty good but and then when it goes crazy I feel like the comments are so outlandish that you're like well I don't care about your opinion anyway well, who, like if you're gonna say something you? that dumb it never strikes in your heart like, no Somewhere that you were really sensitive or, like, vulnerable. Yeah, it's never like, you actually don't know how to stack the dishwasher. In which case, that would really upset me. (laughs) Yeah, 
or it's something like, did you not know that like quarter pounders aren't vegan? Yeah. And you're just like, okay, cool, man. Well, like, obviously they cheers. are. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, wow. I'm really upset about yeah. that. <laughs> I'm just going to close my account. Did you say that they were though? Is that yeah, yeah, pretty, I don't know. You I don't told know. someone there wasn't they were even vegan. a quarter pounder that's, in the video. That's really bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and last thing, I love how the fast fire is taking me like oh, yes, five sorry. minutes. No, 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 my fault. <laughs> Can you tell us something? And this is really hard. And I've never been asked this question, and that's why I thought it'd be interesting for you. Can you tell us something you've never told anyone publicly? Is there anything? <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have asked you just after a book because there probably isn't really anything that people don't know. Oh, I've n- I, I'm really scared of the dark. Really? Yeah. I'm like really like scared. Like don't pee in the middle of the night because N- you're scared. Nah, I'm like sleep with a TV on and stuff. Oh, yeah, sleep with a TV on. Yeah, because I'm like really scared. And you never said that. I don't think so. Oh Maybe I have. God. There's probably all these people listening that are like, yeah. she has said that. <laughs> Your haters now can send you all these yeah. videos. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that, but yeah, I'm like really scared of the dark. No way. Mm, which is like a really lame thing I'm, to it's say. It's really cute. Yeah. I love it. And we live in like an apartment building and right, our car is like in a basement like oh, no. in the dark thing. yeah in the dark and if you're the first person downstairs in the morning like the lights are like an automatic sensor and oh it doesn't turn on until like you walk down the thing so I like sprint until the light turns on and then I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I love it because it's like what do we think is going to happen in yeah. the dark like, it's the unknown oh, yeah. if I want to make it deep I'm actually scared of the unknown which is you know very noble and beautiful yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'll yeah, take yeah. that. It's less weird. So. Yeah. <laughs> More mainstream. Yeah. yeah. Don't know if you get it. Yeah. <laughs> you might not be quirky enough for this, but like it's kind of existential, but like yeah. don't even worry about it. I'm pretty deep. That's okay. <laughs> okay. So the main section of the show is your way TA, which is pretty much tracing back from young Tony before you had any idea what your future would look like. And I think a lot of people walk into your life when you get a platform and they think, A, you were always destined to be here or or B, that you always have existed here and forget mm-hmm. that there's been so many chapters where you were like, who am I? What am I going to do? Totally. Hard chapters, chapters in like the Coles Deli where your metrics for your life were so different. Mm-hmm. And I think going through all the stuff that doesn't get as much airtime reminds people who are earlier in their journey that they could end up somewhere they never dreamed that they would Absolutely, be. yeah. And the thing that I took out the most from your conclusion of the book was the idea that you used to think everything would be better when you got there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the how this show began is that I got there really young. I got to this like law firm and this amazing job and everything was ticked. And then I was like, am I going to sit here? For it? Like, is there, is that it? Yeah, totally. Or does there keep changing? Should it keep changing? And if we're always like aiming for this static place of happiness, then what else is there once you get there? Mm-hmm. So I love the idea that actually life unravels in chapters and your comfort zone catches up to you. So let's go back all the way to the very beginning to your younger self in Rolly Stone. <laughs> wow, look at you. You did all this, all this reading. I read the book. I did. I am one of those people who actually read the book. With your three siblings are a Sagittarius. She likes long walks on the beach. And you had so many career hopes. And I think one of the things that younger listeners, when they're trying to figure out who they are, is is like they think there's – A, they think there's five jobs that exist. Mm-hmm. But B, they think they need to know what they're supposed to be early. And you definitely had a media theme, but like you've wanted to be everything. A ballerina? Yeah, yep. wanted to be a ballerina. The first flute in the West Australian Symphony Orchestra? Yep. It's 
really sad to me that you didn't fulfill that dream. I know, I'm but still time. upset. My flute's still in my cupboard. Is it really? Yeah, yeah I should have brought it today. What a shame. Wasted opportunity. It's still time. Um, but yeah, tell us about how you began, how you chose a uni degree, you know, all that stuff. Well, I think, yeah, it's really interesting the thought of, yeah, if you don't know what you want to do, um, that's it and you'll die. When you, yeah. you'll, like, you'll graduate high school and if you don't know what you want to do forever, you actually Deceased. just pass away. Yeah. Um, because I remember a teacher giving us this, like, lecture. Um, it was a whole school assembly and it was all the year 12s and they were like, you know, if you don't get um, a C average, you're in grave danger. Of being in a grave. Like, because you're deceased. Yeah, because you'll be dead. Like, and they were, it was so terrifying. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, well, I've got no idea. At that time, I wanted to be an opera singer. And, like, that was my dream. And that was what I was, like, going to go to uni for. And I just had, I was like, what do you mean that's it? You mm. know? And how do you pick that? And there was a time in my life where I really wanted to own a $2 shop because it was the only times tables that I knew. And oh I was my God. like, <laughs> So, yep. so I was like, if people come through with like all these items, I'll know exactly how much it costs because it's the only times table I know. Oh my God, what are the, calculators? That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Not how cash registers work either. I love I'll, the criteria though. Yeah. It's like my job will be based on yeah, what my I know. favourite times table. Yeah. Also, not a very smart kid. Only known of my twos. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, that does open a lot of doors. There's a t- $2 shop in every city. Right. Pretty smart. I think it's transferable skills. (laughs) (laughs) Every currency has twos. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Except when you go to like, because isn't rupee like crazy? Millions. Yeah. Yeah. But two million. Two million. Just cut off all the zeros. Cut off all the zeros and add them back on. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. (laughs) Um, But so that's kind of, I went through so many things. And like you said, was always pretty media based. Like wanted to be a ballerina, singer, flute player, all of that everything and I was like I'm just destined for greatness don't know what I would do and then I didn't get into WAPA I didn't get into classical voice and I was like <laughs> so the, the theme song at my funeral will be yeah <laughs> literally I was like oh well they told me that if I wasn't if I didn't get in then that was it mm. and I was like okay cool so what do I do now and I remember having this like actual breakdown because I was like what a, I, I don't know what else there is. Yeah. I didn't know myself at all because I was 16 or 17, however old you are when you finish year 12. And I was like, I don't know myself. I don't know what I want to do. And my mum was like, you'll find something, just like get a job, earn some money, and then you'll at least have a, like feel a bit more empowered. So I got a job at a fishmonger. It was the, only, it. It was the only job I could get. And I started working there full time when I finished school, and I was full like, "Full time fishmonger." Yep, <laughs> pretty glam. glam, 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 glam. I bet it smelled amazing. Yep, and so catching the train home every day, <laughs> like caked in garbage, like, it was so disgusting. Um, and so I did that for a while, and then I was like, "Okay, maybe I'm like ready to try and think about what I want to do again." And then I applied for WAPA again. Um, that's the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts for anybody not from Perth, which is everyone. <laughs> Who hasn't read the book. Um, yeah, yeah. For people I mean. The book. You're like, I know. I'm like, I have babes, I know. You yeah. didn't need to explain it. Yeah, I get it. I read it. <laughs> yeah. I've got some proof here. Um, <laughs> I've got some notes that I took earlier. <laughs> and um, I started like listening to music again and feeling myself. And then I was like, oh, I think what I'll go and do is sound engineering, which is what I end, I end up getting in. And that was like audio production, like working in theatre, working on music stuff and just like a huge range. But I was like, I feel like that might be the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so I managed to get in and I was like, well, I'm set. 
<laughs> this will this will be me. Not deceased. I'm yeah. alive. Yeah, I finally have. I've arisen. <laughs> <laughs> it's Easter. Yeah. I am resurrected. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm back on. I'm back on. Like, yeah. here we go. And then, um, yes, I was studying and then I had no idea where I, what I really wanted to do, but I thought that I really wanted to own my own record label and have like a recording studio, like music stuff. That was what I really wanted to do when I started. And then, um, I got offered a job in radio, like by accident. And I was like, well, this is it. Might as well. (laughs) (laughs) Is that an odd stereo? Yes. Yeah. Bunbury. Yes. In Bunbury. Yeah. Um, and that was like an hour and a half away from, um, my home. And really? Yeah. So I was living with my boyfriend and, um, and all that stuff. And my mum passed away while I was at uni. So I ended up deferring for a year and trying to like figure out what I wanted to do. And I ended up going back and then I got off with that job in radio. So I feel like it was such a, I mean, uni for everybody is like such a pivotal time. You learn so much about, you make real friends Mm. because all the people you're friends with at school is like proximity. Yeah. Like you're friends with them. Yeah. Because you see them every day and you talk to them on MSN every night. So it just makes sense. Oh my God. I love MSN. You know? You were born in 93. Like, how do you know about MSN? What? (laughs) MSN's a thing. Is it we really? had MSN, yeah. Did you really? Yes. I feel like that was after your era. No. Oh, I feel, I'm no, like with all. my people. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm young. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, so I feel like it's pivotal for everybody, but I was just like, okay, my life is all of a sudden like so different. Mm. And that was when I was kind of like, I need to flip everything on its head because it kind of half already is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I was like, yeah, I will take that job. It's not what I wanted to do. Not what I ever thought that I would do. Didn't know anything about it, but I was like, yep, cool. See ya. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that was pretty wild. I, th- I feel like even reading all the chapters of going, like getting to there, but then getting from there to here is a combination of like accidentally being in the right position. Totally. But, so lucky. But, mm. and then I was going to say, but not only luck, because I think we all kind of attribute so much to luck. Like, yeah, I was in the right place at the right time and I wouldn't have got that thing if I wasn't. But you kind of have to turn luck into like, an opportunity, right? Take that adrenaline and like... And make it something. Yeah, and because also there are people that are in the right spot but don't realise. Yeah, and then don't like harness that and take advantage of whatever kind of place they've fallen into or an opportunity that's fallen into their lap. Because that definitely happened to me in my life as well, that things came across my desk and I was like, no, I don't think that's right or not really the right move right now. And like, luckily I didn't the same way that there were lots of things I tried to do that I got denied. Yeah. That now I look back and I'm like, thank God that person didn't agree to go on a date with me (laughs) or that I didn't get that job or that, you know, that person won instead of me or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think it kind of works both ways. Yeah, totally. And I think you do see a lot of people who do have so many lucky opportunities and not necessarily squander it, but they don't build the relationships or they Mm -hmm. don't, or they try the opportunity, but they don't make the most of it to then take it to the next level. Like not Mm -hmm. everyone who had exactly the same luck as you would be where you are Mm. right now yeah so how did you then go from like the very very you know entry level WA small you know position as like while you were still at uni to now like one of the biggest shows in the country Um, how did that happen I I don't know (laughs) like are you still just like what the fuck it's wild I would have even six months ago a year like never ever dreamed that I was in this spot like so when I first started working in radio I was like oh my god 
I could really make something out of this and kind of imagined that you know someone would be like oh my god um we Come need my wing yeah you know that <laughs> like take or just you know like recognize my raw talent be like you're a star <laughs> you know that actually doesn't happen in real life which I was really upset by <laughs> all um, this raw talent yeah. is being unnoticed <laughs> cook it <laughs> cook my raw talent um and I just kind of started doing random things around the radio station and then when I was in Bunbury all I wanted was to like go to Metro and I was like I'll make more money and I'll be in a big city and I'll you know and that was kind of where the burnout started to happen because I was doing the thing I was talking about before like my feet were too itchy and I don't know whether I was really ready but I ended up applying for this job in Sydney and I got it and I fucking hated it (laughs) I hated it so much and my boyfriend moved with me we moved our entire lives to Sydney and we lasted six months oh my god and then I applied for the job that I originally didn't get in Melbourne um and because the other person left um, and I ended up moving down after six months. I was like, you'd be crazy not to hire me. Like, you need me. And they were like... <laughs> and my raw talent. Do, do we really? And I was like, you need me. Like, you'd be crazy not to hire me. And I've, I've never done that in my life. I don't think I've ever done it since. Wow. That I've walked in somewhere and I was like, you would... This is the right decision. Yeah. Um, but I did. And they believed me. <laughs> and then I moved down to Melbourne. And yeah, I've been in Melbourne ever since. Oh, my gosh. See, this is the bit. Like, the bit between the first job and where you are now is the bit where I think... Maybe Maybe in generations ago, the pathways were kind of clearer and it was easier to goal set and mm. to be like, you know, in 10 years, this is where the person who did this before me ended up. So that's where I can be. Whereas I feel like mm. in our generation, no one's pathway is like straightforward, no. makes sense. There's no by the book. No. But that does mean that either you can do anything, like anything is possible, but also nothing is possible because yeah. unless you kind of are willing to use uncertainty to your advantage, then you might not necessarily end up where you have. So how did you, like, was it the itchy feet? Did you plan where you are now? Was that always the big goal or did you have lots of, I'm a big fan of like the small goals. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to, what, what's that quote? You don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to take the first step. Is that yeah. kind of how each thing unraveled or were you always like I want to end up with my own show I think it was probably the small steps but by accident yeah I don't I think that when I got to um, breakfast radio in Melbourne I was just a producer but I was like this show is great I'm really happy I was in my dream city like I grew up in Perth and I always wanted to end up in Melbourne my boyfriend was the same he was like I'd love to live in Melbourne Um, and then so it was kind of like that was such a personal goal but then getting that job I was like cool like I could stay here forever um and then it you know only took a couple of years before I was like okay well I can't stay here forever Mm. um but I did not ever think that I would have my own show or that I would ever because I I guess I was always waiting for someone to be like do you want this yeah like would you like this it's your turn yeah and that actually doesn't happen yeah Oh, my gosh. Like, it doesn't. And even if you – and this is not just – I don't want this to sound super unrelatable because I think this is the case for, like, any job, any circumstance. Like, no one ever just says, like, oh, you've been waiting really patiently. Did you want this job as a nurse? You've worked so hard for this. You know, like, there's actually no one taking note of that. Like, you have to tell someone. Yeah. And then when I realised that, I was like, look, I, you know, I'd really like to be on the air. I'd like to be on the radio. And they're like, oh, well, you're just a producer. And I was like, oh, okay. 
And, oh, like, man. <laughs> and I like took that no for an answer, which is the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You're supposed to never take no for an answer. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, someone told me I couldn't, so I guess that's just it. Um, and then when I met Ryan, who I now do the podcast with, he is like the biggest, he is like such a go-getter. Mm-hmm. He is like just always inspired. He's always ready to go. Like he just if someone says no to him, he like will question it yeah, or he'll why? go, oh, okay, well, I just won't ask next time and I'll just do it myself. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. okay, That's like not what I'm like at all by yeah. nature. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, well, Tony, if no one will give you a show, create your own. And I was like, would you want to do, you wanna do, do it, it with me? Together? Do you want to do it with <laughs> me? And that's how it happened pretty much. <laughs> so that actually kind of leads really – it's a segue. <laughs> I said no. <laughs> Precisely. Nice. Into like part of the conversation is always around your natia, which is the bits that you don't see as much of because like no one wants to be a negative Nancy, but I think it's the bit that helps you more to hear about on your own journey that everyone has a shit time, right? Yeah. Like even to get to the funnest parts or the most fulfilling parts or the coolest jobs or whatever, to get to your joy, there's always shitty bits along the way. And I think one of them is like that self-doubt, that you know, inability to question a no, mm-hmm. the waiting for something to happen to you and not having the confidence to, you know, make it happen for yourself. And mm-hmm. also if you don't have a Ryan or you don't have like the people around you to question those things, mm-hmm. how are you ever going to change your mindset? And I had the exact same thing. Like lawyers are so risk averse. So as soon as there's an opportunity, I'm like, why should it not work? Like that was my training was, oh. why is this shit? Like what's going to go wrong? Yeah. And I was never going to be able to do business that way. I needed a person who was the total opposite to kind of yeah you just need to fill the gaps of your own thinking to get yourself out of the same thing you've always done yep for you in that whole journey what have been the biggest barriers that you've had to overcome is it the imposter syndrome and self-doubt coming from smaller town into these huge cities is it that like overwhelm of like why me or you've said no like rejection I know grief was a massive thing for you that Mm. I hadn't actually heard you talk about because there is this perception of you as like always funny and always seeing the happy and the joy which is I'm sure a big part of your personality but not the only thing you've been through so Mm. what were the hardest parts um well the first thing that you said about like the imposter syndrome and just like the self-doubt that was huge I you know not only were there not really any people that I knew that had ever done what I wanted to do you know Mm. like if you want to be a lawyer or a teacher chances are that your dad says oh um well Mick down the road he's a lawyer (laughs) you know he's a horse equestrian dude he can he can do the nady you know like there's there's just all these you know people around you that you see these similarities between like what you want to achieve or what you want to do the same way that like if you see your mum being a mum you go okay well I want to be a mum or Mm. whatever you just assume that your journey is going to look like that and I didn't know anybody that had done what I there are millions of people that have done what I have now done but I didn't know anyone. I also didn't really know anybody that like considered it a job. Yeah. You know, like it was such a new thing and I didn't really know what it was. I just, I was like, I want to be famous and I know that I will be. I just don't know how I'm going to get there. And for someone who is like such a self-doubter, it's almost weird to hear myself reminisce on that time when I was like, 
well, I'm going to be famous. Yeah, interesting. So I don't need to, I don't need to worry about it. Like, <laughs> it's going to happen. But I was and yeah. I didn't know what it was and I didn't know why. But I remember like seeing mansions at the top of the hills in Rolling Stone, like in Perth where I grew up, and saying to my mum like, oh, one day I'm going to live there and you'll be visiting me there. Like you just knew. I was just How like, yeah, one day. Funny. I mean, she's dead, so she yeah. isn't. And I don't live in Perth anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, so crush those so, dreams. So that's all over. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, there was just, there was so much, like, I was literally two people in one yeah. brain. Yeah. And that was really hard because I was battling with this person who was like so fucking positive and so sure of myself, yeah. but doubting every single step of the way and being like, well, you can't. Like, you can't do that. That's not possible. You don't know anyone that's done that. How will you do it? You know, that like, it's not what you know, but who you know. And so I was like, well, I don't know anyone. (laughs) So like, this isn't... nobody. Yeah, so this isn't possible. Yeah. Um, And then the other part was the grief, obviously, like dealing with my mum passing away. So my mum passed away when I was 19, um, which is just insane. It's so cruel. Um, And she was sick for like a year. So it was quite quick as well. Um, And yeah, like I was saying before, I was at uni at the time. So I was just like, had no idea how to recover from that and what to do. And because it was like such a traumatic thing and I didn't have any kind of emotional intelligence to deal with to deal with that at the time I just like pushed it down and I was like oh my god I'm actually fine like I'm so good Tony one grief zero like I'm actually fine and then Grim Reaper (laughs) negative 50 like (laughs) and then um when I moved to Melbourne and I finally felt like quite fulfilled at my job is when all of these feelings started to come out about my mum and I didn't know what to do I couldn't I just couldn't handle it but it I needed, I really needed to talk to someone about it. And that's where the book, I Don't Need Therapy, it was kind of born because I was like, well, I don't, I don't need that. I'm fine. Yeah. And then I did need it. Narrator. Yeah. She did, in fact, need, need therapy. The therapy. Um, but yeah, so I feel like that part is such a massive part of who I am yeah. because I, and this way sounds really twisted and people go, ooh, when I say it, but I'm, almost so grateful that my mum died because well not that I'm grateful that she died but I know what you mean like I'm so grateful that I learned so much about myself at such a young age and built all of these kind of things into my personality I can now handle so much more stuff than I ever thought was possible Mm. um like I learned so much about it and it's like I wouldn't want her to die in vain and not get anything out of it. So I'm really glad that like, even though I would give anything for her to still be here, I'm grateful that I learned something and took something away from it, even though it's horrible and yeah. sad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It has really changed. I wouldn't, I would be living in Perth. I'd probably be married. I'd probably have three kids if she hadn't died. I'd probably just still be in Perth and and that's fine, but that isn't, retrospectively that's not the life that I want for myself it's not what I wanted for myself then but I would have just been so comfy and that like pushed me right out of the nest yeah that's so interesting Mm. because I think it's it it brings me back to that whole idea that life is so much like maybe not these exact proportions but 10% what happens to you and 90% what you make of it Mm -hmm. like if she was going to pass away when you were 19 if that was in the stars for you no matter what it's what you did with it afterwards that grief can become people's entire identity and there are people out there who 
it has become like their story. Like mm-hmm. that is the rest of their life that they, they, you know, didn't have the tools to harness it into something or mm. to now be able to speak about it like this or mm. to go on to become the funniest person in Australia who you can't imagine you, like if you met you now and hadn't read the book and didn't know that, I can't imagine you in the throes of grief because, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I think that's a really beautiful thing for anyone listening because you think, I think you could assume easily that to be a you now, mm. you can't have had anything like that in your life. Like totally. You, you can't have had trauma, you yeah. can't have had setbacks, you can't have had negativity because how could you be funny? Like, yeah. how could you be so lighthearted? How yeah. could you be, like, making people laugh all the time? How could you see the lightness in life? But mm-hmm. I think it's even more powerful knowing that you did come from that. Yeah. And I think as well, lots of pe- I get lots of messages all the time of people being like, I have experienced grief, whether it was like a, a sibling or a parent pass away or, you know, whatever circumstance it was. And I've said, I've never heard somebody make jokes about, their mum passing away and I've never related to something more. Yeah, right. And I – because I do it because it's, like, a way for me to talk about it. Yeah. Because, like, um, you know, like, if you were like, oh, I was on the phone to mum this morning and whatever, I don't have that. Like, I don't – you know. And, I mean, everybody has, like, a complicated relationship with their family. I I don't think it matters – who you are. <laughs> yeah. I think that there there is some, you know, complication there or some weird feeling. But I think hearing people say I've never related to anything more when like making jokes about it, it does show that like people just want to talk. Totally. And it's like even if you – I've said before, I think that apologising to someone when someone passed away is just the worst thing that you can do. You know when you oh. say to someone like, oh, my mum's just passed away, they go, oh, I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. And I go, well, you didn't kill her. It's like actually not – like there's nothing for you to apologise for. Also, when I'm feeling crap about my mum being dead or my – you know, whatever, mm, mm. I don't want to then go, oh, it's okay. Yeah, you don't want to placate the other person. Yeah, so then am I comforting you even though I'm the one who at that time needs the love? Yeah, yeah. And I never thought about it like that. And then someone said to me, they like called me out, they were like, well, what should you say then? And I was like, I actually think that saying I really don't know what to say or yeah. asking someone what they want is so much better and such a – powerful way to kind of turn the situation into like opening it up because yeah. sometimes people actually just want you to listen yeah. if whether it's like crying and yelling and screaming or whether it's like can we just go and watch a movie and not talk but yeah. you just be here yeah. and my partner my boyfriend Torbs we've been together for like almost 10 years and he does Torbs. this <laughs> and he says like whenever I'm like having a mentee be about something or <laughs> ranting and raving about something that happened at the shops or at work or whatever he says are we feelings or solutions based right now? Oh my god! Yeah, okay. I talked about this recently. I saw a meme that was like a similar thing. <gasps> Life changing. So good. Life changing. It has changed our life because not only does it give me what I want in that moment, makes me think about what I want. Like, yeah. do I want to be like, oh, so this bitch cut me off in the car park, <laughs> and do I just want to like be a dick about that for five minutes? Hundred percent. Or I do I want him to go like, well? Um, maybe in the future, you know, I don't know what the don't solution would be there. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't steal a car park when yeah. she's unloading a baby, yeah. Tony. Just don't be such a, a bitch. <laughs> such an extreme example. seven kids. Like, yeah. Jesus, she's postpartum, leave her alone. I would, just for the record, I would not do that. <laughs> but, like, it's really changed our relationship because he's like, you get what you want out of me. Yeah. 
and then it feels so much more satisfying because I then go, I actually just want to whinge about it. And he goes, well, what a bitch. Yeah. Yes. Instead of going, well, were you in the wrong yeah. or whatever, you know. Like. <laughs> it is like when I read that, I was like, that is one of the most game-changing thought provokers mm-hmm. for anyone because if you don't know, yeah. like you can't get the response from your partner if you don't even know what you want. Exactly. Firstly, but also they can't give it to you if you don't just say, mm-hmm. I actually don't want a solution. And I think because men – Often, like mass generalization, but men's default thinking is a solution is a love language. Like mm-hmm. that's helping you, but I often don't want one. Like no, my or need one for that specific. Yeah, situation. I know I was wrong to yeah. kick her out of a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to feel like I was correct. Yeah, so help me for a second, yeah. and then I'll get past it. And then I think like without even realizing that's how Nick and I survived in business because we learned how to do that without yeah. knowing that that's – but once I put a label on it, I was like, oh. Oh, that's what we do. Yeah, and that yeah. will – like if you can get to it quickly, you avoid so much conflict. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And because then I'm not like, oh, you never give me what I want. He's like, well, you don't tell me what you need from me. Yeah. Um, so we've been doing that for a couple of years and he always asks me that now and I'm like, oh. That's exactly, I needed you to call me out then. Yeah. Like I actually needed you to be like, Tony, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I found it really helpful. <laughs> oh my God. It's, that's, yeah. it's, that's revolutionary. Among so many other things in this book that are revolutionary. And I think it's beautiful that so many people have, particularly on the, on the grief topic, but on, on every topic you've opened up so much about to let people see that it's not all just laughter and mm hilarious content like truly (laughs) hilarious but there are so many sides of you that people can really relate to what has it been like to to write the book cathartic horrible amazing (laughs) scary like did you get a vulnerability hangover we were talking before we went on air about how like the writing process is so long and you you don't tell anyone about it that your journey started like a year ago. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get a little bit over your own book. Like yep. by the time Absolutely. it comes out, you're just like, ill. <laughs> <laughs> um, How do you feel about it now? Um, so the writing journey was definitely very cathartic because there was like so many things. And for anybody that doesn't know, every chapter of the book is built on a lie. So I started reading, writing the book and I was like, oh, you know, like what should the layout be? And, you know, what do I really want to like convey in this? And I was like, oh, you know, like – I, I want to talk about how I always wake up at 5am and I go to the gym and I was like, well, I don't fucking do that. And then I was like, <laughs> I want to talk about how I'm always positive and like really happy-go-lucky. And then I was like, well, I don't fucking do that either. And then so all these things that I realised, I was like, man, I lie to myself so much. And then I was like, hang on. I actually There's do. A premise. Yeah, I actually do lie to myself all the time, whether it is something as easy as, and in the book I said like, you know, when you tell yourself like, oh, that pot should probably soak overnight. <laughs> Like, yeah, I think it does need to. It's definitely not ready to be It's not ready yet. I'll soak that and maybe someone else in the house will get to it tomorrow. (laughs) Knowing very well that Torbs will wake up and be like, fucking hell, like she (laughs) soaked that pot. You boiled water. Like it did not need to be soaked overnight. You made two-minute noodles in the pot, you stupid. (laughs) Stupid bitch. Um, But so like really simple things like that and then – lying to myself about being happy and being fulfilled and feeling, you know, like I was at the top of my game. And so I think the book was my version of like confronting myself on all of these things. Like that calling I, yourself out yeah, on your own life. Because yeah. I was like, wow, I 
even all these little things that I just realised that I say a lot that I was like, I don't mean that Mm. or I don't feel good about this thing that I do all the time or, you know, lots of different kinds of things. And I found it to be just so um, such an amazing experience. Um, But, yeah, I think because the – the period of like writing the book. So I wrote it in like six months and then it was another six months of like printing it and editing it and <laughs> yeah. you read it before it ever came out. Your little quotes oh in there. Oh my God, it's like, like going to be in my bio. Like my title is now <laughs> provider of book quote for Endorse Tony, Lodge. Tony Lodge's book. I'm like, seriously, you read my, my email to you when you asked me was like, why? Well, why I, do you want me? This is the most, like, this is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Um, I'm fuck so off. flattered. No, so I was just like, she's going to say no, like there's no way. I, I was honestly so honoured when you said yes. Why are you really? Yeah, because I, I, I asked like, you to read an entire book for free. Like, because I, like, I can't <laughs> I pay you. you like, I can't pay you because that would be like incredibly unethical. Imagine if I was like, I'll pay you to give me a really good review. Yeah, I would have been like, how much? Yeah, my fees are my thousands. My stinky shoes are like a free added yeah. in they're an add-on gift with purchase <laughs> um but like I can't even remember what I was saying probably wasn't interesting no it was such an honor and to re- like I poured over it. I printed it I got like printed out the pdf and was like scribbling all over the place and it, it was with edits it was yeah. like, I would take that out <laughs> Well, I wonder if you've seen this yeah. part. The shit yeah. yourself like three times? Yeah, don't like, know about maybe that. Maybe just two. Yeah. Two's enough. Two's enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was such a joy. And I think it was such a joy to feel like, and you said this about the show, that to feel like we know you so well and we're, we have such an intimate insight into what you find funny, into you and Ryan's day-to-day. Like you talk so much and share so much about your life. To feel like we know you but then to see this whole other side of how your brain works mm. and my like ultimate joy, like the thing I get off on so much is <laughs> who people were before they are now because yep. it, I feel like you understand them so much better. It gives so much depth to like, mm. I don't know. I just feel like I was like unraveling this whole other side of you and I loved it. I loved it so much. Mm, thank you. But ex- I think exactly like you said earlier, most people are like, oh, so you're famous. So you always had that or, oh, so you've got a, a really successful business job, you know, f- a, a huge family, a beautiful kids or whatever. Mm. And you just go, oh, well, you know, obviously your life's always been peachy. I think my favourite books to read are autobiographies and biographies because I love reading that, like, you know, these famous people that you love have had, like, such a hard go of it beforehand. But, yeah, when you see the background and see where they are now, I find that really inspiring. And then so to hear people feeling that way about what I've written as well is, like, just – I. speechless (laughs) speechless <laughs> no like it's, it's honestly so incredible because I I was like if this only changes one person great yes. you know and I've got messages <clears throat> from people being like my mum read your book after I told her to like I was like this book's great and she was like and my mum is now going to go to therapy because she's realized all these things in her life <sighs> that have happened and like an older generation like therapy is not really a thing you know I think it's like destigmatized now and people yeah. are like happy to get help and you know know when we learn to recognise yeah. when we need a bit of a hand. Or and that not third. see it as a weakness. Exactly. Or like a, a, 
yeah, like there's something wrong with you, like you're you're faulty because you mm. need help. In fact, yeah. now I would say that it's considered the opposite. Oh, yeah, that it's like you're enlightened. You, yeah, that you have the ability to like read your own cues and go, I do need actually to riff about this with somebody. Um, but to hear that there are older people that are going to therapy because of what I wrote is like, mm. I can't believe that. That's really amazing. Oh, so, gosh. yeah, it's I, been I've, beautiful. I've like literally spent <clears> – I've like literally spent – like thousands of dollars on therapy. Like 100% wouldn't be who I am without it. Yeah. I think it's really empowering to realise that you are allowed to like need help Mm. and that it's only natural Mm. and almost to the point where I was like, oh, my God, if I need someone, I'm cuckoo. And I was like, actually, (laughs) I am cuckoo. I am cuckoo, (laughs) but I'm going to find out why. (laughs) But I want to talk about the cuckoo. Like, let's just ventilate the cuckoo. Yeah, (laughs) let's ventilate the cuckoo. I like that. (laughs) So one of the things I think uh, was really interesting that I read in the book was how during your time, with Jason PJ. I love PJ so much. Yeah. I was on her podcast recently. Have you did oh, you did her, really? show? Have you her show? No, I haven't. Oh, no. She's such a legend. Yeah, she is. And there was a chapter about her. I think another thing I love is how many times in people's journeys there's a pivotal conversation. There's often like it's not sometimes the courses you go to or the big strategy days that you have it's like one chat you have with someone or one day that Ryan says, "If you don't want to do a show, then do some videos. Just do them." Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's just some it's often in the smaller moments that someone mm-hmm. says something to you. and When you, it catches you off guard. Yeah. And that's often when you're the most open to change yeah. as well. Yeah. When you're not forcing something to yep. happen, but it becomes a pivotal moment later. And you guys had a conversation about her asking you, why do you want to be famous? Why mm-hmm. have you always wanted this? And what does that mean to you? And it's kind of touches on the theme of this show, which is that often most of us spend all of our lives measuring our lives by success which is financial, which is um, prestige, which is like, you know, whatever it's measured by, followers, like numbers, metrics yep. to you that are used to measure our lives. And you realise that it wasn't necessarily fame in itself that you wanted. It was a place where you could just be you mm-hmm. and where you didn't have to tell lies to yourself and where you could write a book where you confront yourself on your lies and then let people see it, mm-hmm. like release that to the public. Yeah. So... How do you feel now, having kind of gone through that entire cycle, do you feel famous, do you feel successful and do you feel happy? Um, Definitely feel happy. That's the biggest one. I have like so much freedom as well now and that's probably what I value more over – and it, it's easy to say when you've got it, right? Yeah, I yeah. think that's the other thing that to acknowledge that, like, it's easy to say this when you have it, when you do have freedom. But at the time, you know, like, I was really happy and I wasn't earning great money, um, but I was doing okay and my partner was studying, so that mm. was quite tight. I was, like, supporting both of us for a long time. But, like, I was feeling really happy at the job, but it just wasn't the right one. Yeah. And now to look at things and not, you know, get the Sunday scaries and not have, like, that depressive time on the weekend where I go... <gasps> I have to go back to work on on Monday or being like, oh, I think I'm sick. I don't think I can come in. Like I just really genuinely get so much enjoyment out of what I do every day. Um, and I, I, I'm so, so lucky to be able to actually do that for a job, whether it lasts forever, whether it lasts for five years, whatever, Mm. I'm just going to enjoy it for as long as I can. Um, but to know that I've gone through that whole cycle of like realizing and being able to actually like pinpoint 
what it was that I wanted, which was the freedom yeah. to, to know that I, I could go to work every day and not work with people that I don't like or, yeah. um, you know, like be challenged in a positive way rather than feeling like I'm being attacked all the time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you look on back on all these jobs that you've had and you go, wow, I thought that I was so happy at the time, but I wasn't. And you spend more time at your job than you do with your family. Uh, yeah, any, you know? <laughs> and doing anything else in yeah. your life. Yeah, so I just – I think that now knowing that we have the freedom to do crazy things like go and film the Qantas video and, you know, like <laughs> that, that I'm – You know, that I'm sitting here with you today yeah. and this is work. Like yeah. I just – I'm very, very lucky. But I think to have gone through all of that, I wouldn't appreciate what I have now as much yeah. if I hadn't had to kind of really figure it out if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I, I think it's so interesting how you can visibly see looking back, like it only makes sense in retrospect, but looking at each chapter, you can see how your metrics for what you thought, whether yep. you thought that was good or not, yep. have changed. And it's almost like, and I'm sure it's still there, but that whole like, am I there yet? The whole itchy feet thing, it almost seems like it's settled down a lot mm-hmm. because you are there yep. and you're sort of like, I can just enjoy being mm-hmm. here now. I'm not like itchy for the next thing because mm. often that itch is only because you're somewhere where you, you don't want to be anymore. Yep. And it kind of it calms down a bit when you're like, I, this is actually – this is ticking the boxes. Like yep. this is it. And, and you it don't might, worry too much about tomorrow. Yeah. And I think as well knowing that it's not everyone's end point. Like yeah. this is – what I'm doing at the moment is someone's worst – nightmare but what other people are doing is my worst nightmare (laughs) you know like I think there are so many different ways of looking at it and as you were saying before about the metrics of success and just realizing that just because somebody else has a lot of money doesn't mean that they're happy vice versa you know there's there's so many ways of looking at it but knowing that now I just feel like all the things that I thought really mattered are actually not as important to how I feel about life now that's quite cool and very freeing like because I was I think I said this in the book like I was like oh my life will be so much easier and I'll feel so much more confident if I have 10,000 followers on Instagram yeah it actually means fucking nothing yeah it it doesn't mean any like once you get there and then you go oh there's always something else yeah and I was always comparing myself to other people being like oh well they must be funnier than me because you know they've got xyz opportunity and whatever but like it didn't yeah. You know? Yeah. Someone else being good at something doesn't mean that you're bad at it. Yes. Yeah, so um, true. But it's so easy to, especially now with Instagram and everything, like it's so easy to just always compare yourself to where other people are at. But, mm. you know, they might look happy, but they might not be. Yeah. And not totally. that I would ever wish that on anybody, but like I think it's interesting and important to keep perspective of that stuff. Yeah, totally. And, and realise what your happiness is tied to mm-hmm. and like letting go of tying it to some of those things, yep. realizing that that actually it, not that like money and metrics aren't important because we wouldn't have our careers if we didn't think about it to an extent. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's easier to say it when things are going well, Yeah, but it's not, it doesn't equal happiness. Like yep. you've got to find it in other places and you've, yep. it's interesting. There was a, a paragraph, I think towards the end where you were like, we've had so much success. Like the, the stats on Tony and Ryan and then on the book as well, I, astronomical like it's one of the best performing shows in the country there's like the stats on each video like it's it's huge the followers you've amassed the likes you've got but it's funny that you were saying those particular parts of it they allow what you do now but they didn't actually make much of a dramatic difference to your day-to-day like those aren't the bits that yeah you know that change much you're like okay cool we've achieved those milestones but 
that's not the bit that makes you happy. It's it's what it allows. It's the community that yeah. you've grown and the conversations you can have now. Yeah, and it's like that stuff is all – yeah, it's all important and obviously, yeah, allows me to do what I do. But I think that I was like, oh, well, when I get that, I'll be fine. But then it's like, oh, well, you get that, like, keep growing. And yeah, that's, what's the next metric? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then instead of that scaring me, I'm like, yeah, like, let's reach more people. Let's, yeah. you know, how are more people going to listen? Um, and I think as well just acknowledging that if you – really want to be rich that's actually fine yeah like yeah if, that's okay you know, if that's if, a metric if the thing that you want to do is be rich as fuck then do it yeah like and i think there's so many you know so, such a stigma of being like ew you want to be rich like well if you do yeah like, that's actually like that's fine yeah it might not like, be your metric you might be doing something else it might be like i just really want to buy my own home or whatever but like if you want to do those things like do it but just own it yeah yeah or don't yeah or don't realize that that's not the thing that makes – yeah, I know what you mean. Like, don't make it your be-all and end-all. But if that is your metric, then, like, that's fine. Go for it, yeah. But if it's not your metric, don't spend your life chasing it. Exactly. Yeah. Do you feel famous now? Like, when was the moment when you thought, oh, my God, I'm actually, like, fucking famous? Because I, in the book – I'm not fucking famous. It was that your vagina was recognised? Yes, it was. <laughs> During oh a Brazilian God. wax. Yep. <laughs> oh. Was that the moment? Um, that was pretty s- – Terrifying. <laughs> um, can't imagine. Like, <laughs> yes, I am Tony Lodge. Yeah, thank you. That's my left flap. <laughs> um, oh, that's a weird one. It's a weird question, and oh. it is such a weird question, and it's such an ick. But also, because you talk about it a lot in the book that you wanted this when you were younger. I do. I think you know when something happens really slowly, yeah. like the frog in a pot of boiling water. <laughs> Like if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it'll jump straight out. But if you put it in slow and like heat it up slowly. It stays. It does. You know, it just like, it gets used to it. Mm -hmm. I feel like because it kind of happened quickly, but like in a, you know. Yeah. Steadily gradual, even though over a short amount of time kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, It wasn't as if one day I walked outside and there was like a thousand paparazzi (laughs) at my door. And that's still not (laughs) the the case. Yeah, my God. They're outside right now. (laughs) I called the Daily Mail and was like, Tony Lodge is going to be in Param today. (laughs) But but I think it's probably more just that like we have people – every single day, like, joining our Facebook group and you're messaging on Instagram, be like, just found you guys, going back through the catalogue, love the pod so much. That stuff is, like, so cool and I can't believe that people are finding it. Um, But probably the very cool, like, box tick moment, the billboard. (laughs) Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's so cool. It was. What the fuck? I know. Then my face was just up there. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Hey. And it was um, in Perth. So that's where I grew oh, up. So yeah. all these people, like I went to school and uni with and my family. And we're like, oh, my God, I've seen the thing. And I was like, oh, how weird. Like, you know, um, that was a real – that was fucking cool. Oh, my God. I'm not even so going to cool. play that down. That was very no, babe, cool. No, it's so cool. Yeah, it's that so was very cool. cool. <laughs> so I haven't spent that much time on TARP, the Tony and Ryan show, guys, in case you didn't know what that meant. <laughs> because it's one of the things that – it's easy to get access to the show like people often meet you at this chapter and you know I like to spend time on stuff that it doesn't get as much airtime but I do want to ask you before we go what is it like working so closely with your work husband like what are your favorite <laughs> things about Ryan I've asked him these questions about you too oh because we're fellow adoptees by the way yeah which is we're, so interesting right yeah. so we've been trying to do his episode for probably even longer than you and I have been oh, trying to do so God. he's going to answer these 
about you Ooh, in his episode. I like that. But favourite things about working with him and biggest like icks or pet peeves about working with him. Um, he's always late, which I hate. Is he? Yeah. Always fucking late, always. But he's um, so busy. I'm like, how does he fit that all in? I know. How does he fit in being late? I know. Yeah. It's very impressive. <laughs> um, he honestly... I think it's very easy to be like, meh, meh, meh. but he is a really great guy and he is the biggest champion of me and mm. he's made me learn so much about like like that his success is my success and vice versa. Mm. And so when, for example, when I got offered the book, I was like, oh, like it's probably going to take up a bit of my time. Do you mind? He was like, Tony, of course you have to do that. Like mm. he's very supportive um, and I guess a bit like you were saying before, working – a real challenge was that we, we met working in radio. So we were yeah. just friends, like yeah. probably not even really friends at first. Like we just worked in the same building. We said hey to each other. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, it yeah, was yeah. just chill. And then all of a sudden, not only were we friends, we were business partners yeah. and we were, you know, organized, like we've recently hired someone. So we're now <gasps> managing a person. Oh it's God. very exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah. you guys are bosses. I know. So we're managing a person. We're running a business. We like yeah. have to, you know, go from being like funny and talking about soap up our bums to being like, cool, did you, <laughs> did you like pay rent? And did you, you know, oh, like, oh my God, have you talked to the accountant about X, Y, Z? You know, yeah. it's like working on a relationship. It's like a marriage. All the t- yeah. yeah. Um, and it's probably the hardest I've ever had to work at a relationship before. Yeah. We communicate quite differently as well. Um, I'm a very, I'm a talker. <laughs> but like I'm oh, a talker. Whoa, no way. I'm a debriefer. Like I yeah. like a lot of information. I like really talking things out. Whereas if I'm said to him like, if he said to me like, cool, so we should hire someone. I'd be like, all right, well, let's think about the pros and cons. But if I said to him, should we hire someone? He'd go, oh, if you reckon, yep, just do it. Yeah. Like he's very like, yep, like do it now, figure it out later. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. I'm the opposite. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a permission asker. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. One really sweet thing he said about you, which is a strength and a downfall at the same time, was that you, if I said to you, babe, I can only do the podcast at 2 a.m. Yeah. and it's going to be in Mars, you'd be like, I will bend over backwards to be there. Like you're a real over deliverer. Like oh, you're yeah. very like you you're a beautiful people pleaser and I'm the same I just like I'm no it's not my strength no but it's really it's so hard because now I am so busy yeah I I have to flex those muscles a bit more than yeah. I've ever had to <laughs> um and that's I find that really hard yeah like literally whenever anyone dms me with a GoFundMe, I'm like oh I can't share it but I'll just donate myself like yeah. it's costing me a fortune <laughs> But I'm the same. It's like he would be or like Nick would say to me, you know, there's a third option. Like don't do any of those things. But I'm like, no, it's either or. It's like people please one way or people please the other way. Yeah, if the only options are yes, like for me, things are very black and white. I'm like, it's yes or no. And Ryan's like, there is so much grey area. Like something doesn't have to just be yes or no. He's like, explore what else you could do instead. Such a good one. Which is like such a huge learning for me because I'm like, oh, well, if someone says no, it's no. Yeah, and then like end of story. Story. Yeah. Like, here's my $200 I'm donating to you yeah. for GoFundMe because I feel bad. Yeah. And then I'm just like, oh my God, did I donate enough or too much or whatever? Um, but he's just like, there are other things that you can say to people that is still lovely. Yeah. And people are allowed to ask and you're allowed to say no. Yeah. I'm like, revolutionary. Yeah. When I was like, oh, I feel so rude asking, he was like, you're allowed to ask me anything you want, but I'm allowed to say no. Yeah, good. Which is when, again, quite mind-blowing when all of a sudden you realise like, oh, That's people are just asking because that is their 
like actual right yeah. to say whatever <laughs> to they like want. ask a question. Yeah. But then if I say no and it's, they go, okay, that's allowed. Yeah. I what? mean, if they are then unreasonable, obviously that's a different situation. But yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. I, like, it still takes my brain a lot to get my head around that. I'm like, wait, you can yeah. just ask? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Who oh said God. that? Who gave you permission to do <laughs> that? Do yeah. <laughs> so you guys are now like how much, what's the workload? Are you like full time, Tony and Ryan? Yeah. Like everyday much. recording? Um, so we record, um, we've got a little studio in Richmond. It's beautiful, by the way. Um, yeah, we I love, love it. I like, it looks so good. Yeah, we love it. Um, but, yeah, so we do that and then we kind of record and are in the studio in the beginning of the week and leave yep. the end of the week to kind of travel if we need to or take meetings or go out and film big stuff like what we've just done with the Qantas video. We were travelling yep. at the end of the week to try and get everything done. Um, but every week is really different, which yeah. I love. Yeah, so good. Even as like a habit-based person, it's quite fun knowing that there's always going to be something weird that we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things I find with doing a job where everything is so much fun mm. and it's really easy to blur the lines between work and play because it doesn't really feel like work, mm-hmm. so much of it is actually also fun, yep. that then you mentioned burnout at the start and being a people pleaser, it becomes really difficult to actually do anything outside of work because mm-hmm. everything is like incidentally also yep. helping with your job. So Or you're like, oh, something might pop up so I won't plan that thing because just in case, yeah. Yeah. And it, and or you sort of like commit to an entire weekend of fun stuff that's kind of work, but then on the Monday you're like, why am I tired? And yeah. Because you didn't take any time off. That yeah. was still work, even if it was fun work. Mm-hmm. So the last section is called Play TA, which is really just the things you do that aren't for work, that aren't like I would, you know, listen to a business podcast, but because it was a podcast, I was like, like oh, this is oh, I'm fun. resting, yeah. like it's downtime, but it's not <laughs> at all. So uh, one, of the <laughs> one of the chapters of your book or like little sections of um, things that you love doing that are just for fun was things that are my personal equivalent to the first bite of a double quarter pounder. Mm-hmm. So that's your equivalent of play TA. It's yep. like the things that just make you so happy. A, do you make time for those now? Like, do you have any kind of hobbies that aren't audio or media or, you know, TV, anything related? What are they? And how do you find happiness now that isn't productivity? I really struggle with this. This is like a really hard because I feel bad about rest because I feel lazy. Mm. Um, That's definitely like childhood trauma like creeping into (laughs) my life. Um, But recently I just started seeing a trainer, like a personal trainer. I saw this. And I was like, oh. You're killing it. The squat's on you. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'll go like see how it goes. And now I go three times a week. It makes me so happy. I like look forward and I never thought that I'd be this person, but I look forward to it every single day that I'm going. I'm like pumped for it. And that is something where I don't have my phone on me. Like it's literally in a locker in the gym. So not like it's not near me at all. And I'm just me, which I really, really like. Um, I also love craft. Oh my God, I love this. Yeah. So I like have like, you know, those cricket like cutting machines. (laughs) So it's like this, like you put in all this stuff and it will like cut out whatever you want. It's sick. You Google it up. Oh my God, that's so... (laughs) So I've got that and I like love making like cards and like shit like that. And it's kind of pointless and dumb, but I really like it. I've got clay. I've got calligraphy pens. See... This is my thing. All of us need like tactile, mm-hmm. non-digital yeah. plays TA mm-hmm. that like you can't 
multitask with. Yeah. I feel like that's usually the definition and it's you can't survive yeah. this world being on your phone all the time without having something. Like ours is um, we've started doing Seize the A events that are play TA events oh, to force people into yep. like joy. <laughs> force and they're, them. They're all crafty. They're like tufting. We oh. did Pinot and Picasso. Oh, yes. Awesome. I, I need to get a cutting out machine because I feel like I want to cut out stuff now. Mm-hmm. Use like, mine. Yeah, come round and I'm Just come over from ever Yes. It's craft. Yes. It's arts and craft. It's kindergarten. It's fun. Oh, my God. Because I I think like most people, my like downtime, very loose use of the (laughs) term downtime, was like watching TV and being on my phone or scrolling Instagram. And now Instagram is work. Yeah. Like when I'm on Instagram, it's like, oh, I'll just reply to a few messages or whatever. And like I really enjoy doing that, but it is still Your brain's like on. Yeah, Yeah, rather than just sitting there and like, drooling at the tv um <laughs> you know which is sometimes lovely which, that's my downtime yeah drooling and, at the television but then i realized that like oh i'm doing that and i'm on instagram and i'm kind of thinking about like being on and yeah. doing work stuff yeah um but yeah so i've had to be very creative with like putting my phone down and not being part of the you know grid what is it grid <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know the matrix yeah. i don't know <laughs> the interwebs yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, oh, I, I found those crafts. two things are like, yeah, they've really helped. I love it. Yeah. Aww. I also love getting wet. Like swimming, <laughs> swimming, surfing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, different part of the podcast. Yeah. Wow. I mean, pivot. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Swimming, surfing. You're a WA girl. Or that, yeah. Like that's beach girl. Yeah. Do you actually miss <laughs> the weather? Yeah. Yeah. I miss the beach a lot. Because you don't really have beaches in Melbourne. It's like the bay. Yeah, and mm. like there – I used to get really pissed off at my WA friends for being like, oh, St Kilda's like a sewer. And then I went to like start spending time in WA. I was like, yeah. it is like a sewer. So you're like, it's oh, an it's actual quite different. Sewer. Yeah, yeah I, hadn't, I had actually <laughs> no idea. To like City yeah. Beach, which is like 10 minutes from the city. I was like, ew, I really like yeah. swimming in our That's own not the same. It's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I could literally talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Sorry, I think we did, yes. I know. <laughs> um, but I know you're a very busy person so I will wrap up with the very last question which is just what's your favorite quote if you have one oh um the only people that judge you are those that are doing less <gasps> I love that one it's a Ryan John special actually oh my god yeah. he was like it's Tony so if there are people that are being dicks to you it's because they're not doing it because it leads into the other the Brene Brown quote and it's like um unless someone's in the arena with you yes. don't um yeah, it's also, I think it's a Roosevelt quote, the, the man, no, the man in the arena one and then same, yeah. It's, it's like, like a long form version. It's like yeah. a, a whole page paragraph quote oh. about the only person I will something something yet. Oh my God, I'm like totally but, butchering no, it. But the man in the arena is the one whose like advice I'll listen to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, don't take someone's no if you wouldn't take their yes as well is another one that I really like. <gasps> oh, I love that And I one. said that by accident on someone's podcast and I was like, is that already a quote? And I think it is, but I was like, yeah, like if somebody wouldn't, if you wouldn't take their advice, don't take their criticism. criticism. Yes. Yeah. Oh, both such good ones. Mm, yeah. So I gave you about six. Is no, that I love okay? that. I love that. See, it's just like a people pleaser. Oh my God. Can I give you 75? Is the next um, flip book that could just be a Tony Lodge special? Oh my god! Because I just gave you like fifty quotes to put in there. <laughs> there you go. You have those for free. But it'll be it'll be cut out. Like yeah, each I'll make them. They're like? handmade. Tony Lodge has made all of these. We only have five in stock <laughs> in total, and they're six hundred dollars. <laughs> 
H. They take a year in production. <laughs> but if you order now. Yeah, you get them in 2027. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I love you. You've been amazing. Thank you I for having me. Make sure to put the links to the book and the show in the show notes. Thank and I you. appreciate this so much. Oh, thank you. Oh, yay. Oh, I am actually obsessed with Tony even more than I was before, if that's possible. The laughter in this hour was so good for my soul and I hope it was for yours too. As always, if you enjoyed listening along, pretty please share some yayborhood love for the episode and for Tony herself, tagging her at Tony Lodge, no spaces, no underscores, to thank her for so generously giving her time and energy to us all. And the link to buy her brilliant book is in the show notes, as I mentioned. I've actually decided, just as I'm recording right now, to give away a copy of each book whose author we have on the show to the best share each week, which I should have been doing all this time. And I think I've done maybe once or twice, but I feel like I should do it every single time. So do get sharing away and I will announce next week. In the meantime, and has returned turned home to the country which you probably all already know because her presence can be felt miles away and you just need to check out her her socials to know that she's back causing chaos so get ready for some more absolute chits and giggles again in your next episode where we'll catch up on everything we've both been up to i hope you're having a fabulous week and are seizing your yay